Let not your hearts be troubled. Now normally when someone says something like, hey, you know, don't be troubled or, or don't worry, it's because the thing that you are troubled about is not really going to happen anyway. Or at least it's probably not going to happen. It's kind of the same thing as saying, you know, it'll be fine. You have no reason to worry. But of course, that was not the case with Jesus, for he had just told the disciples that one of them would, would betray him into the hands of the Roman authorities and that he would be crucified. And he also had just told Peter that it was certain, it was assured that, that he would deny even knowing Jesus three times that very night. And what a troubling thing for Peter to hear. Things were going to get so bad that he would be too scared to even admit that he knew Jesus. The night was about to turn very dark with the evil things that were about to take place, which would lead to, G to the crucifixion of Jesus the next day. And yet, Jesus still says to them, let not your hearts be troubled. Well, why? Why shouldn't we be troubled about these things. Jesus, why shouldn't we be troubled about these dark, evil things? Why don't, need, why don't we need to be troubled about death? Why don't we need to be troubled about the death of our loved ones? Well, it's not because those things aren't really going to happen. And that was clear when Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John 14, and we all know that death is a sad reality for each of us in our lives. So why must we not let it trouble us? Well, put simply, and Marion wanted this message to be simple and direct, she said, we aren't to let our hearts be troubled because of Jesus. Because of who Jesus is for us and what he accomplished on our behalf in order to save us. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. Jesus really is that wonderful, so wonderful that if you know him, if he is your Lord, if he is your king, your savior, then death no longer has something for you to be troubled about. He's transformed death. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in me and your hearts will not be troubled. John Newton, uh, the great pastor and hymn writer, most famously known for writing the hymn Amazing Grace, he also wrote a nice hymn reflecting on the death of a believer and how Jesus has transformed it for believers. Listen here how he describes what we have all experienced these past few days. He says this, In vain my fancy strives to paint the moment after death, the glories that surround the saint when yielding up its breath. One gentle sigh their fetters breaks, we scarce can say they're gone, before the willing spirit takes her mansion near the throne. 
Faith strives, but all its efforts fail to trace her in her flight. No eye can pierce within the veil which hides that world of light. This much, and this is all we know, they are completely blessed. Have done with sin and care and woe and with their Savior rest. That's what Jesus says next year in John 14. We aren't to let our hearts be troubled at his death or the death of saints or those who belong to Christ because of the work that his death has accomplished for them. Listen again to Jesus' words in verses two through four. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. The only way Jesus' friends and all of God's people could come into that world of light is if something were done in regards to their sin and unrighteousness. God could not be in fellowship with sinners who had disobeyed and disregarded his righteous law. So they, along with with all sinners, are under the condemnation of God for their sin and rebellion and, and cannot be in God's holy presence. But here Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. That is, I'm going to go and fulfill the mission for which God had sent me into the world to accomplish. I'm going to accomplish the work necessary to make it so you and all who believe in me can forever be in the same place where I am, that is, with God, in that world of light in heaven. Christ's saving work of dying in the place of sinners on the cross, absorbing God's wrath against our sins has prepared a place for all who now put their faith in him and follow him as their Lord, as their King. Now, because of Christ Jesus and what he accomplished, those who die with faith in Christ, as the song says, they are completely blessed, are done with sin and care and woe, and with their Savior they rest. Funerals are are far too often services which focus on how good of a person the deceased family member was. It's almost like, you know, other family members are trying to, you know, trying really hard to convince themselves that their beloved mom or dad or grandma must be in heaven because they can remember some good things that they did and the belief that so many of us live our lives by is that, you know, it's the good people, those who do enough good things It's those people are the ones who get into heaven. Uh, Others uh, are, of course, a little more, you know, religious than that. Maybe, you know, you might be thinking, well, it's not necessarily how they lived, good or bad, but, but, but whether or not they've been baptized and confirmed or if they came forward and prayed a prayer at a service once. Uh, But the truth is it is not something that we have done at all. 
That's what Jesus is showing us here. It's, it's not because of anything good we could have done or, or how nice of a person we may have been. It's not even because we went through some religious practice in our church that assures anyone of their place in heaven. So here again what Jesus says, and notice what or, or who is the reason why Jesus' friends will be with him in heaven. Who is the one who does the work? Who is the one who is good and performs the good things? What does Jesus say is the way into the presence of God in heaven? In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the one who has accomplished all the work. Jesus is the one who has prepared the place for his people. Jesus is the one who will come again and take his people there to be with him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one gets to heaven except through him. If anyone would ask, why do you know that you will go to heaven? Your answer should never begin with a personal pronoun. Not because, well, I did this, or because I prayed this, or because I was baptized. The Bible makes it clear it's not because of I, it's because of him. He is the way. Because Jesus lived for me, because Jesus died for me, because he rose again from the dead for me, and because he will one day come for me. Do you know the way to where you hope to go? Jesus is the way. Turn away from your own ideas about how one gets into heaven and believe in him and follow him. But what does it look like for us to know, to know the way? Well, that's where the other verses that I read help us. Uh, Marion said Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 were her life verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Just what I was saying, it's not us, it's, it's him. Trust the Lord, not our, our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So when you trust somebody, you believe what they say. So, so this is saying, this verse is saying, the way to know you are on the way to heaven through Jesus is whether or not you are listening to his word and obeying what he says. That is how you show you trust him. You so trust what he says that you do what he tells you to do. Now, no one does this perfectly, but it will be a clear part of your life if you are trusting in Christ for your salvation. And we've gathered here today to give thanks to God that Marian trusted in her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. She knew that she would never have eternal life through anything she could do. Instead, she heard the good news that it isn't anything that we can do. It's all because of what Christ has done. He prepared the place for us through his life 
his death and resurrection. And Marian followed Christ throughout her life. She listened to his word. She trusted him. She obeyed him. Not perfectly, of course. She knew for, uh, she knew for the, all of her failings that Christ's grace was sufficient to forgive her of her sins and cleanse her from all unrighteousness. So when her time finally came this past Wednesday morning, Marian was ready. She was ready when the Lord came for her and brought her to the place that he had prepared for her. And now where he is, she will also be forevermore. And I want to invite you this morning to also, like Marian, put your faith and trust fully in Christ Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins and to follow him in faith and obedience for the rest of your lives, however many days you have left. No one comes to the Father except by him. If you come to him, if you will have him, he will transform your life. He will transform your death. He will give you eternal life with him in heaven. He will, he will bring you to himself where you will be in his presence forever, which the Bible calls a beautiful inheritance for in his presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. As I pray, I will close with the Lord's Prayer and I invite you to take part in the saying of the Lord's Prayer as well. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, help us to turn to you in genuine faith that finding now the comfort of your presence, we may also have a sure confidence in you for all that is to come until the day breaks and these shadows flee away. We thank you for Marion and the life that you gave her here with us. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to make the way for us to have an eternal heavenly home through his sacrifice on the cross, his rising from the dead to overcome death once and for all and for us for all time. And we all pray now, just as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.